Masechet Yevamot Dafmem Zayin. Today we have yet another central fundamental sugya regarding the requirements for conversion and the entire procedure. Uh, but first, before that important b'raita, uh, we're going to see yet another one about uh, the believability. If someone comes and says, I converted, do we believe him? And then we're going to see a second, the opposite case. If someone comes and says, my conversion was not valid, I am not Jewish, do we believe him? Uh, it'll affect his children. So we start off. Someone comes and says, I am, I am a proper convert. Can it be that we should just accept him without any proof? No, the Pasuk says, If a convert lives among you, means you have to know it. Uh, it's, if it is presumed by you, you have, uh, you were there, you saw it, uh, you heard about it, uh, there are witnesses, then you can assume that it is a, a ged, otherwise not. But if he has witnesses, how do we know that he, we do believe him? From the beginning of that pasuk, if a convert should live among you, so he's living among you, he has proof, therefore, we do uh, accept it. We're going to ask in a second why we need, of course we believe witnesses, why would you even need to tell us that? Okay, by the way, this is only, this uh, stringency here that we don't believe him only applies to someone uh, who we know was not Jewish beforehand, all right? So we know him as a non-Jew, and now he comes and says, oh, I, uh, you know, was over there, and uh, such and such a betin converted me. That's the case where we do not believe him unless he has proof. However, if someone just comes and shows up to Bet Knesset and says, I'm a Jew, you can count for me for, me for a minyan, we don't ask for any, any more proof than that. Uh, so if we don't know him from before, we believe he's Jewish. Only if we don't know that, only if we know that he was not Jewish, then we do not accept blindly that he says he converted. Okay, and continues with a fascinating suggestion that perhaps conversion only works in the land of Israel. How do I know it also works outside the land of Israel? Because it says the same, we're quoting the same pasuk, we're going to ask why, how we can learn two things from the same pasuk. If, uh, if, a, if a convert should live with you, meaning anywhere you live. Right, already says Baratzechem, so this has to be besides in the land of Israel. Now, why would anybody think that uh, conversion only works in the land of Israel? I think that this is a remnant of the original biblical law. The uh, when we were a nation in the land of Israel with borders and sovereignty. Uh, then to become in Israel, to become part of Am Yisrael, meant uh, basically immigration law. Uh, you have to come and live there, and after a while, you know, become part of the people, uh, like we see with uh, with Ruth, for example. And so, in uh, in the biblical times, you really could only become a part of the Israelite nation by moving to Israel. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't make sense. Uh, just like today, you'd have to live in America to become a citizen. Uh, you couldn't just apply for citizenship while you don't live here. Um, okay, so I think that would be the original biblical law. And so they are now also we are saying maybe it only applies in the land of Israel. Of course, after exile and the loss of sovereignty, the second Bet HaMikdash and on, just except for 80 years of Hashmonaim, uh, then it would be impossible to impose borders and have the biblical model. And therefore, instead, we say it doesn't matter where you are as long as you accept upon yourself the legal system of the mitzvot and become part of the Jewish community and accept upon yourself their history and 
uh, destiny, right? So then that replaces geography, uh, which is a very, very profound um, uh, shift there in the laws of conversion. Okay, anyway, so we might have thought maybe it's only the land of Israel as it was in the times of, uh, in biblical times. How do I know also outside? So, itecha, anywhere you are, no longer is the Jewish people defined geographically, but, uh, but uh, rather uh, communally and legally. Uh, okay, so how come the Pasuk does say in the land? The Pasuk actually says, but Close enough. Ba'ades sarich lehavide ayah, proslades and sarich lehavide ayah. So it teaches that all dibre biuda. All this that we said until now is the words of the biuda. And so the word ba'ades teaches that if uh, a convert comes in the land of Israel, someone that we know wasn't Jewish before, and now he comes and says, "Oh, I converted," he has to bring proof because uh, we, if he's living in the land of Israel, then he has incentive to say he's Jewish because he wants to be part of the majority. The land of Israel is beautiful, has good fruit, a good economy. So maybe he only came and you know, he doesn't want to stick out as part of the minority. And that's why uh, he says he's converted, but he's not, he's not telling the truth. So we have reason to suspect him. Whereas in Chuslades, he doesn't have to bring a proof because who in their right mind living in exile would want to be part of a small, a small uh, persecuted minority. Uh, so if he says that it, then we assume that he is telling the truth. And that is the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda. Chachamim omerim ben ba'aris ben Chachamim say, no, it doesn't matter. Even in the land of Israel, uh, everywhere, he has to bring proof that he is in fact Jewish. There's no distinction between the two. Okay, good. So now the Gemara is going to analyze piece by piece this Baraita. Why do I need a proof from a Pasuk that I believe witnesses? Of course, anyone who comes with witnesses for anything, uh, we believe them. As come to teach us that even in this case, we would even believe hearsay testimony. These two witnesses, obviously, if they came and said, we were there in Din, we saw the uh, conversion process, they would be believed. But even if they say, we weren't there, but we heard uh, that this person uh, did in fact convert, right? This is a uh, confirmed rumor. Uh, then uh, we take that into account as if, uh, you know, as if we were there and location, you wouldn't have to actually see it. It's a well-known thing. I mean, furthermore, this is a type of uh, uh, testimony that can be verified. So usually people don't lie. Uh, these like witnesses, you know, uh, and the person himself wouldn't lie when you can go send someone to that Betin and find out if it in fact is, in fact is true or not. So that's another reason to believe it, even though it's hearsay testimony here. Okay, Ba'aretz. Quoting the Braita, we saw the land says in the land of Israel. So I am I would I might think that conversion is only possible in the land of Israel, but the word itecha teaches me that we can convert outside. And now the question, hold on, we already used the word itecha to prove that one uh, that that you uh, um, we do not believe a witness. 
um, uh, to say that we do not believe a convert himself to say that I converted, right? If you know he, he, was, he wasn't Jewish before, uh, then he has to bring proof that he is in fact Jewish. So, how could you learn two things from the same word? And the answer is, oh, actually, we're using a different pasuk uh, later on. Uh, in Vayikra 1933, says, So we're learning from this word, and not the word that we had in the previous pasuk. Good. Now back to the sages who say you have to bring a proof no matter where you are. Now, what does what do they do with the word ba'aretz? You see, the biuda needed the word ba'aretz uh, to teach me that. One needs to bring proof only in the land of Israel, but not outside. So that's what Abiyuda uses the Pasuk for. But Chachamim say you have to bring proof everywhere. So what does he need that word Ba'aretz for? Haketiv. Um, uh, oh, he needs this in order to teach that even in Israel one can accept converts. Uh, the Buda learned that from uh, and used it twice. So the Chachamim will just use the word Ba'adis to say that you can bring have. have uh, conversion in Israel at all. We might have thought maybe the person is only converting because of the beautiful fruit, the great economy that's in Israel. This applies amazingly nowadays where uh, Israel is a much better economy than most countries. And lots of people would love to uh, come and immigrate and uh, become Jewish so, so that they can immigrate under the law of return. So this is in fact true today. So therefore, uh, we might think that only be, uh, that uh, people are converting um, uh, because of it, because of the the bounty of the land of Israel, they are converting. And nowadays, it's in Talmudic times when Israel was uh, was uh, run by the Romans, and it was not a great thing for a Jew to live in Israel, and uh, not the best economy in the world. Uh, so even now, the the this still we still might have thought that uh, people are coming for um, ulterior motives uh, because in the land of Israel there is the law of all these gifts to the poor if you forgot two she two uh, grains or two sheaves then the poor take it or the corner of the field that the poor gets or in the third and sixth year year of the of Shivit, a tenth of the grain goes to the poor so I might have thought that we cannot accept converts in the land of Israel. Kamashmalan, and therefore we need the Pasuk Ba'aretz to teach that nevertheless one does accept converts even in the land of Israel. Uh, so you see that there's actually a, there's, there's two opposite arguments working here. Uh, one is we might have thought that you cannot accept converts in the land of Israel because it has a good economy and people have ulterior motives. On the other hand, we might have thought that you can only accept uh, converts in the land of Israel because that is the biblical land. So it makes sense to do it there. In addition, you can be more sure that the convert will continue to practice Judaism and be, be faithful in the land where um, uh, where everyone is uh, Jewish uh, rather than outside. Uh, even today, when uh, Betin converts someone, they uh, usually require that the person live within the Jewish community, even if not in the land of Israel, at least to be part of a uh, practicing observant community to ensure uh, continued success.
Okay, so now, next statement. Amar Rabbi Chia Bar Abba Amar Rabbi Yochanan. Halacha, Ben Ba'aris, Ben Bechus Ba'aris, Sarich Lehavir And so we say, Rabbi Yochanan says, the halacha is, no matter where one is, if someone who we know was not Jewish before comes and says, oh, I am a convert, right, I converted here and there, uh, then we ask them for proof uh, from that Betin. Right? The Betin will usually give them a receipt and says, yes, he was converted here. And he has to produce that in order for him to be believed. And then we say, hold on, isn't that obvious? We said this is the opinion of Chachamim, that no matter where you are, you have to give, you have to bring proof. Oh, we might have thought that the halacha would be like Rabbi Yehuda, because he has the word Ba'aretz to, to teach me that in the land of Israel, that's when you have to bring proof and not outside the land of Israel. Who would lie uh, outside of the land of Israel and want to be part of a minority community? So uh, we might have thought that Rabbi Yehuda actually makes sense. Oh, therefore, Kamashmalan, nevertheless, since we follow the majority, halacha is like Tenora banan. Now we're going to have the opposite case. Ushvatem sedek ben ish uben achiv uben geros. You have to judge uh, righteously between a person and his uh, brother and with a convert. Mikan amar Rabbi Yochan Yehuda ger shintkayer bebetin hareze ger benol benasmo eno ger. So we learn that judgment of con- of converts has to be with a betin, and therefore a uh, ger who came to a betin of three people and did the process that is a valid ger. But if he did it by himself, even if you know self-taught, even if he learned uh, you know uh, 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 everything on his own and uh, you know went to the mikveh on his own and so on, but not from a betin, that is not a valid conversion. Version. Maaseh, and we have such a story. Comes and says, uh, "Listen, my conversion was private. Right? Maybe uh, people thought he was Jewish, and he says, oh no, no, I'm. Uh, I had an invalid conversion. He wants to undo. Uh, he wants to get out of it." says, "Do you have witnesses that your conversion was private?" So this is a paradox, because if there's witnesses there, then it wouldn't be private. Um, but it still makes some sense, because uh, witnesses might just be two people, and in order to have a betin, he would need three people. So, right, do you have proof that you uh, converted in, a, in an illegal way, privately? Am I the love? No, I don't have proof. He says, you have children? Am I the so he says, yes, I have children. He says, well, I'll believe you to make yourself prohibited, but I'm not going to believe you to make your children prohibited. Uh, in other words, because this person was known to be Jewish, maybe he wants to get out of the, you know, he wants to get out of it because he doesn't want to follow Judaism anymore and he doesn't want to be subject to it. Um, but the problem is he has children. It's going to affect the marriageability, marriageability of his children. Uh, within uh, within the Jewish community, um, now it's a good question. What is if his wife is Jewish, then his kids will still be Jewish. But we saw before that uh, there were some opinions that say it's a mamzer. Even other opinions that still would have some stigma uh, problem with uh, marrying a kohen. Okay, so they still have other problems associated uh, with it. Uh, so the Rabbi Uda, right, very wisely said, "Where I'm not believing you. Uh, you, you yourself, okay, fine. You know, you're pasul, but you can't, you can't testify against your children." 
Okay. Now we have a question. Did Rabbi Yudah really say that a person is not authorized to testify about his own children? We have in the Braita here that he says we are. Uh, so this pasuk says is talking about a person who has two wives, one he, one he loves, one he does not. Um, so he has to give the double portion to the bechor, even if it's from the ben yakir. Yakir means he recognizes. We learn from here that whoever the father recognizes, the father knows who is the firstborn and who is not, and he is believed. Doesn't have to come and bring proof from the birth certificate which one was born first. Um, he is. Uh, he can identify who is the firstborn to others. So the Biyudah learns from this that a person is believed to say, this is my Bechor. And so too, the Biyudah continues, since he's believed for positive things to say, this is my firstborn, if he's a Kohen, the father is also believed to say, oh listen, this child was the result I was uh, with a uh, with a Gerushah, who Kohen is not allowed to be with, or a Chalutzah, who Kohen is not allowed to marry, and therefore this child will be a Halal, uh, and we believe the father, and what do we learn from that? We learn it from here, uh, from Bechor. That's Rabbi Yudah. So according to Rabbi Yudah, a father is believed to testify that he did something wrong, causing his children to be Problematic. It's Chachamim there that say that we do not uh, we do not believe him. So now we have a contradiction between the Rabbi Yudah and the, in our case and regarding a convert and Rabbi Yudah in this case regarding being a Kohen. Amar Kohen married to a divorcee. Amar of Nachman bar Yitzchak, Hachika Amar leDivarecha Goy Atav and Edut leGoy. Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak gives one answer. We're going to see two answers. And Rav Nachman bar Yitzchak answer says, "We, um, according to your own testimony, you said your conversion is invalid. Therefore, you're not Jewish. Since you're not Jewish, uh, we don't accept your testimony, right? And Edut leGoy is no testimony for a non-Jew. And therefore, we do not." accept your testimony for sure or not about your children. You're not even Jewish, so how, why should we accept your testimony that your conversion was invalid? So this is a fantastic paradox, right? It's like saying, uh, uh, I am a liar, uh, or this sentence is false. If it's true that the sentence is false, then the sentence is false, and therefore it is not true that the sentence is false, therefore that is true. So the same thing with this guy, right? He says, uh, he comes, we think he's a Jew, he says, oh, I am, it's invalid conversion. So if we believe him, then that means he was not Jewish, but he is never a Jew, therefore he's not a Jew, so therefore we don't accept his testimony. We don't accept his testimony, and therefore it goes back to the uh, to the Chazakah that we thought he was Jewish, and therefore he is Jewish, and his children are Jewish. Okay, so that's Rav Nachman Beishak. This would apply only if he says I'm not Jewish. If he says I'm a Kohen and I married a Gerushah, he doesn't. Be, he, he still believed. Uh, regarding that, because that doesn't make him not Jewish. Uh, all right, that's answer number one. And therefore, the children are fine. Uh, we do not accept his testimony. And with regard to his children, that explains the Yudah's uh, Pesach. Davina Ahmad, another answer. Hachi ka'amar Another thing is, uh, the Ravina's answer is that he continued his 
questioning of this uh, convert and said, do you have children? He said, yeah. Do you have grandchildren? He said, yes. says, okay, we'll believe you for your sons because right here we have even Ben Gedusha, according to the Buddha, we do believe him for his sons, but that will then taint your grandchildren and you don't have a right. A grandfather does not have any special uh, ability, right, to be believed to say something negative about his grandchildren, and therefore the grandchildren are fine, and it seems that in order for the grandchildren to be fine, the children also have to be fine. So therefore, we're not going to accept your testimony regarding your children, because that will affect your grandchildren, and you have no right to be believed in, regarding them. Uh, okay, so that would be the difference here. Yes, if we just talked about children, like in this Baraita, then we would accept them, but the difference is, here there are grandchildren. Nafkamina between Rabbi Nachman Bishak and Ravina is if there are no grandchildren. All right, a person just has sons, so according to Ravina, we would believe him. According to Rabbi Nachman Bishak, we would not believe him because he's still making himself not Jewish and therefore not a valid uh, ed. Good. Tanya Namehachi, we have a Baraita that supports the opinion of Ravina. Rabbi Uda Omer, Neeman Adam Lomar al Beno Katan, Veeno Neeman al Beno Hagadol. A person is believed regarding his minor son, but not regarding his adult son. Uh, what does that mean? This is minor or major. It's not talking about the actual age, because uh, what, what difference would that make? So not actually a minor, not actually an adult, but rather a minor and who has, who has children, that's what we call an adult. And an adult, if he has no children, we're calling him a minor. The point is that for the Behuda, we accept testimony of a father to say something uh, uh, negative about his children only if the child is, uh, himself does not have children and therefore is called Katan. Usually Katan doesn't have children. Whereas he is not, but we do not believe the father regarding his, his children if he has grandchildren. And that's what, he's, what he calls Gadol and this supports the logic of Ravina. All right, even though we have a Braita, uh, like Ravina, nevertheless, we say, according to which, if uh, even a person does not have grandchildren, if he comes and says, oh, you thought I was Jewish? No, I had an invalid conversion. Even if he has no grandchildren, we reject his testimony for his children, and his children are just fine. We still consider them Jewish. And we ask, hold on, you have a Braita supporting Ravina. So why don't you follow that? No, no, this paraita was only talking about the Yakir case. If a person says, my child is a Bechor, this one is a Ben Gerusha. In that case, we believe him regarding children, but not grandchildren. But when it comes to conversion, we don't believe him at all, not even for children. All right, and that ends the topic of believability. And now we get to the central sugya about the process of conversion. We're going to have a, a braita, and then we're going to analyze each section of the braita again. So if a convert comes and applies to the Betin for conversion, so for the first thing we ask him is, uh, is what is your motivation? Why would you want to come and convert? Don't you know? Haven't you read the newspapers that the Jewish people at the present time are anguished, suppressed, despised, the, the, the 
despised, harassed, hardships uh, come frequently upon them, right? And you want to join this uh, this group and take upon yourself all of this hardship? If he says, yes, I do know, and I am unworthy to be part of the Jewish people, even with all the hardships, I would be an honor for me to join. In that case, we accept him immediately. Means we accept his application immediately. It uh, doesn't mean he's Jewish immediately. He still has to go through the rest of the process. But he showed <clears throat> the number one test, and this is really important. It shows that what does it mean to be part of the Jewish people? Yes, it means to observe the mitzvot and other things. But the number one thing we say is: Are you going? Are you willing to put your lot, your destiny, with the suffering of the Jewish people? Like we saw in Masechet Ta'anit, uh, someone who, while everybody else is fasting, he is going and enjoying himself. He won't. He won't merit the. Gift right the part of the, what it means to be part of a nation is that you both enjoy the celebrations of the nation and um, most importantly uh, one feels the pain and uh, a suffering of the people along with them um, like as happens in, in Israel when uh, uh, someone uh, uh, someone is killed in a terrorist attack or, or whatever uh, the whole country feels it, everybody uh, feels like it's their own family member. That is the number one key to being part of the Jewish people. And if he's willing to do that, now we go to the next step and we accept it. Then he goes to the education part of it and we tell him a few of the lenient mitzvot and a few of the stringent ones. Uh, this could mean two things, either kalot that they have a light punishment, chamorot that have a very strict punishment, or kalot can mean ones that are easy to do ones that are very difficult to do you know for example eating blood that's an easy thing to do nobody wants to eat blood even though there's uh, the punishment is great for that um, so that would be a difference between those two interpretations and the point is we give him give him a sampling you can't expect him to have to study all 613 mitzvot uh, the whole entire Mishnah Torah all of Shulchan Aruch and all of Poskim right uh, in, uh, before he converts but rather we give him uh, we show him a representative sampling of mitzvot so that he understands what they're about and we also in specific we tell him the uh the, the the laws regarding and the sin that would happen if one does one does not give the gifts to the poor uh the forgotten gleanings the forgotten sheaves the corner of the field and the tenth that goes to the poor um maybe the point of this is that we want to especially emphasize the Ben Adam la Chavero, as well as not, not only Ben Adam la Makom. We also tell him the punishment, right? One is Once one converts, he or she is responsible for the mitzvot and can get punished. Right, you should know until you come until you come to this status to be converted, you are allowed to eat the forbidden fat, and you wouldn't get a, you wouldn't get a punishment of being cut off. If you violated Shabbat, you would be okay. You would not get uh, stoning. But now, uh, now that you accept upon yourself this upon yourself, yourself. Um, if you eat chaleb, then you'll be responsible, you will be uh, liable to karet, and if you violate Shabbat, you'll be liable to sikila. Uh, so we give them examples of, one example of uh, punishment that comes from heaven, and one example of a punishment that comes from a bet din.
אורך שם שמודיעין אותו אנשן של מצוות, כך מודיעין אותו מתן שכרן. But it shouldn't be all negative, right? We don't want to only push away. Yeah, we, we want to put a little resi- some resistance to make sure that the person is sincere. But they already showed their sincerity. And so we want some resistance to know so that they know this is something serious. It's a big obligation. But we also want to have some encouraging words so that they are not totally discouraged and have something to look forward to, that there is also reward for following the misvot. Omrim lo have yodea shalom haba eno asui ela la sadikim v'yisrael bezman hazeh enam yecholin lekabel. Lo rov tova velo rov puranot ven marbin alav ve'en medaktekin alav. And you should know that the world to come is granted to sadikim. And therefore, this is some encouragement to come and join and be righteous. Uh, to receive that reward. And you should also know that the Jewish people at this time will not, do not receive, cannot receive all the good nor all the bad. In other words, we're a small people, minority, we're not going to be the richest, uh, most abundant, most successful nation. But don't worry, also on the other side, uh, we have a guarantee we will never be wiped out. It will always be a remnant, and so it won't be so bad. No, it won't be so great. It won't be so bad. Uh, but So therefore, don't worry about the extremes. Uh, things will be okay. And we don't uh, overwhelm him with a lot of threats and uh, negative things. And we don't uh, not so exacting about every detail of the laws, but rather give the sampling, give an overview, uh, some warning, some encouragement, and that is sufficient. Rambam interestingly adds a whole philosophy portion. You have to tell them what it means that God is one, right? Because for Rambam, all these are the you know essential to uh, to proper avodah uh, and proper belief. And so uh, you have to do some you know some of those prakim in in Hilchot Yisodeh Torah, because otherwise you know what what is this? Uh, you have to know what this uh, new God that you're accepting upon yourself. What does it mean? And not have idolatrous thoughts uh, when one is converting. Okay, the Gemara doesn't say anything about that, but Imam says, obviously, one well, would have to know that. Uh, God does not have a body, and so on. Okay, Kibel, Malin Oto Miyad. If he accepts all these, then immediately we do Berit Milah. If we see that the Brit Milah was not done fully, maybe he had one uh, uh, when he was younger, or maybe this time around, uh, we see that for to do, in order to do Brit Milah properly, all of the skin and the membrane under the foreskin have to be removed from the crown and up. And so if there are still some shreds of skin there, then he has to, um, he has to finish it off. And do another procedure. Once the convert, uh, if he's a man, is healed, then we immediately take him to the mikveh. Uh, some ask, well, why do it this way? Why not do mikveh first and then do the uh, afterwards? And that way there won't be any waiting period in between. So it could number one it could be that you have to do it in this, this order. Brimila has to be first and then only then Tevila. Or uh, Ramban says it could go in the other order. We don't want to do mikveh first, and then he's going to come to Brit Mila and say, "Oh, that's painful. You know what? I'm out." Uh, if he if he's going to not continue, we want to know that up front, and so we do Brit Mila first to give him give him an opportunity at first to say, "Oh, this is too painful. I don't think I want to do this." Uh, once he does that, then the hard part is over. Then he does Brit Mila second, so it's more for a practical psychological concerns. All right, so then we do the uh, Tevila. Ushne al gabav al gabav two sages. 
branches will stand uh, um, uh, upon him, uh, meaning watch him as he does goes to the mikveh. Here it's two, which sounds like why two. We saw three before. The Gemara will resolve that. And these two uh, will tell him the uh, repeat some of the uh, sampling of the light lenient misvot and the stringent misvot. Even though they did that before during the education process, they'll just do a quick conversation while he's in the mikveh and they are standing uh, nearby in order to affirm right now as he's about to complete the process that yes, he's accepting upon himself the responsibility for the mitzvot. Once then he goes and dips in the mikveh, he is a full Jew for all matters. Um, very good. Isha nashim ad savara. If it's a, if the if the convert is a woman, then the woman will uh, other woman attendants will go and put her um, in the water up to her neck and make sure she is there. And here you still need the t- these two sages. Um, the Gemara is going to change this to three. Uh, it could be maybe the three three were beforehand during the education process. The three interviewed her and said yes, she's willing to do it. Maybe for this. Um, small education process and only two. Any, in any case, the Gemara is going to change this to three. So these uh, two or three men, uh, they would not be appropriate for them to be uh, standing ab- above her, near her, like it would be for a man. So instead, they stand outside and but they can still hear each other and they would have this short, short conversation and say, uh, are you willing to accept upon yourself the sampling of mitzvot? And she says yes, and then she will uh, dunk. Um, whether it be a, a convert or a evid kanaani who, who, who goes free also has to go to the mikveh. Uh, so convert is what we've been talking about this whole time. Evid Meshukharad, although he already goes to the mikveh um, before, as when he becomes an Evid Kena'ani and does Bidit Milah then. But once he's free, then he has to go through a shorter uh, process but still has to go through a process and is asked, listen, okay, now, you know, beforehand you were doing only some mitzvot, if he was a man, only mitzvot that a woman does now, and you're only doing that because of your master, but now you're going to become fully Jewish yourself. Are you willing to do this? And he would have to go to the mikveh also, again, to now become fully Jewish. Uh, so, Evan Meshukhrad also goes through this part of the process. And uh, you need a kosher mikveh, the same kosher, the same laws that are requirements for a nida, also for a convert and for a, um, a Canaanite slave who now is becoming free. They have to use a kosher mikveh. And anything that is considered and a, an interposition in Tevila, if someone's, uh, you know, wearing uh, some uh, uh, cl- a, a tight clothing or has something on them um, that the, the water cannot access, touch their skin directly, that will be true for the convert and for the freed slave and the nida as well. So this is, uh, therefore, the get has to go through the same cleaning process uh, that a uh, nida would have to go through. Ahmad, okay, that's the end of the Braita. Now we're going to analyze a few of its.
parts. Mar mar ger shabalit ger mar mar eit shabalit gayer. What do you know? Mixat misvot kalot, mixat misvot hamurot. So we say we interview them and we tell them some of the. We ask them, you know, are you sure this is uh, the Jewish people is downcast nowadays? And we tell them some of the sampling of the misvot. My tama why the parish nifrosh so that if he leave, if he does not willing to do it, then he'll withdraw his application. We want to make sure that he's sincere. He knows what he's getting into. And so we, we, we want him. If he really is not, you know, not going to be uh, sincere, then we want to push him away. Because Rabbi Chelbo says that converts are as harmful to the Jewish people like a leprous scab. Imagine the ba- a body that has a scab on it. It's very painful. So too, the Jewish people is like a body. And a convert was going to be harmful to them, as the Pasuk in Yeshaya says, convert shall join himself with them, and now cleave in nispechu, has a similar word to sapachat. Okay, why does he say it's so negative? Uh, there are a lot of other statements uh, throughout uh, Talmud that say positive things about it. There's also some negative things uh, said about it. So why would it be negative? Uh, uh, well, because he, uh, there's lots of different opinions, but one is that the convert may not be uh, sincere and may not be committed, and then they're going to become join the Jewish people, but not going or not going to observe misvot. They're going to be a bad example, and they may even use their insider status in a negative way to uh, attack or do negative things to the Jewish people, and generally be a bad influence. So we want to really make sure, I mean, if they are uh, are sincere and they continue and uh, and are committed to misvot and, and help uh, Jewish people, then certainly that is a good thing. Just, uh, sometimes, that all, sometimes that is not true. Okay. And we tell them these particular laws about uh, giving giving to the poor. My tama, what's special about these? Well, so the laws of uh, the Shevmis Open and Oach, although they're more limited, there is no distinction between the linea, the uh, severity, the punishment for all of them is uh, capital punishment. And if for steal, including for stealing, and the case of stealing, even for less than a peruta in halacha for Jews, less than a peruta is not considered anything. Nobody cares about it. Something that's less than uh, the smallest denomination, but uh, but the non-Jews do care about it, and therefore. Perhaps they will be stingy and not want to give uh, their uh, their produce to the poor. So we have to tell them because that's where uh, also in non Jewish uh, in non Jewish law, um, there's no way to if someone does steal, they can't just return it and then be okay with it. In Shem Misopin and Noach, they're returning. There's no way to do teshuvah simply by returning it, and so you get the punishment either way. Okay, the point here is that uh, the non Jew may be unwilling to part with uh, this uh, this money for the poor um, and so therefore we have to let them know listen you're going to have to give to give all these gifts to the poor um, otherwise it will be stealing and continues and says uh, that we don't uh, talk to him too much not too many threats not too many details we learn it from Migilat Rut where Naomi is first discourages her uh, daughters-in-law from coming with her, uh, she's going to return to Israel. Um, um, and uh, uh, Barut insists, no, I want to come with you. And then when 
uh, when Naomi sees that uh, Ruth is steadfast and she's not giving up, uh, then she stops, Naomi stops discouraging her. So we learn from here that we should do some discouraging, but then once we see that the person is really committed, then we stop the discouragement, even though we don't discourage too much. So what was the conversation? This is a beautiful Midrash. Uh, her uh, Ruth's response has multiple parts, and we're going to say each part of Ruth's response uh, is referring to a specific law. Uh, so Naomi said, listen, if you join the Jewish people, then you will, are going to have a problem of Tehum Shabbat. You won't be able to travel on Shabbat outside the city. Uh, and uh, Ruth says, Wherever you walk, I will walk. Right? You could walk up to 2,000 amot. I will walk uh, the, to the same place and no more. Uh, Naomi says, you won't be able to be alone together with a man to whom you are prohibited. And she says, wherever, wherever you sleep, I will sleep. I will not be that perform yichud with anyone not permitted to me. A little bit interesting because Naomi before that does say, go and sleep next to Boaz. Okay, but she says, that's, you know, that's okay. You're permitted to do that, but otherwise not. You're now commanded to fit 613 Ruth answers, your nation is my nation, meaning the definition of being part of the nation is accepting the legal uh, uh, structure of mitzvot upon oneself. Now, no, you can't worship idolatry anymore. Naomi says, Ruth responds, Your God is my God. And uh, Naomi continues, She gives her, she has to say some of the strict punishments. And there are four types of capital punishment and halacha that you will be liable uh, to should you violate any of these laws. And Ruth answers, Bashir Tamuti Amut. It's a beautiful midrash, right? In Peshat, of course, it means I'll walk, I'll go anywhere you go, I'll live anywhere you live, I'll sleep where you sleep, I will die. Uh, anywhere you die, meaning, you know, uh, uh, burial grounds, um, you know, I'm part of the nation fully, uh, but the Midrash is making it about these technicalities of halacha, right? According to your laws of capital punishment, I will accept upon myself, if I should be liable, I accept upon myself the Jewish law of the four types of capital punishment. Um, and there are, in fact, two different uh, sections of the, uh, of the cemetery uh, for criminals, because not all criminals are created equal. Uh, so even, even within criminals, the two worst capital punishments get uh, go to one section. The two lesser capital punishments are in a different section that they should not be uh, grouped together. So in other words, I will agree to be buried wherever the betin, wherever halacha requires that uh, one should be buried, uh, if they are innocent or guilty. Mi yad. Okay, back to the back to the baraita. We accept the uh, convert immediately. As the pasuk says, as soon as Naomi saw that she's steadfast, she stopped speaking to her and said, "Okay, that's it. Let's let's continue with the process. Now that you're in, now we're going to hurry and uh, move the process along." Kibel malino tomi yad. If the convert accepts the discussion and everything that we teach him about and the warnings, uh, then we go and do b- 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 milah on him 
immediately. Why, why the rush? You know, why not say, okay, come back in, the, in two months? No, no, once we have a mitzvah, we, wanna, we don't want to delay the mitzvah, we want to do it right away. If we do Brit Milah, but it's not done fully, and there are still some strands of skin, then we have to redo it. Kiditanan, as it says in Mishnah and Masechet Shabbat, Eluhen, Sisina Makibinet Hamila, Basada Chofe, Eteroba Atara, Veno Ochel Betruma. What are these strands? It's not just the tiniest strands, only if it is covering a majority of the circumference of the crown, uh, then it's not a, a valid Brit Milah. If he is a Kohen, he was born Jewish, this is Mishnah and Shabbat, not talking about a convert. Someone's born Jewish and uh, is a Kohen and does not have a Brit Milah, cannot eat Terumah. And similarly, even if he has a half Brit Milah, but is not, uh, the, the majority is still there of the skin, is still there, he, that Kohen cannot eat Terumah. Uh, Rav explained that this is not only the majority of the circumference that is a problem, even if the majority is taken, is removed. But there is one strip that goes up the majority of the height from the crown to the tip. Uh, then that also is an invalid uh, circumcision and must be removed. Once the person is healed from his circumcision, then he goes to the mikveh immediately. Oh, he has to be healed first and not before. What's the reason? Because water will not be good for the wound. You want to make sure it heals and being in the water may, may uh, open up the wound. And so we need two sages to be uh, present, uh, standing nearby. Hold on, the very last thing we saw in the previous daf was that uh, you need three people to form a betin in order to have a conversion. Indeed, Biochanan told the memorizer, no, to change two to three. You memorized it wrong. It's not two sages, but rather three sages are what are important. Um, good. Tabal ve'ala harehu ki Israel dechol devarav. Once he goes in the mikveh and he comes up, then he is a fully a Jew for all matters. The Beraita says, and the Gemara asks, What does this apply to? You have to ask lechol devarav for everything. Tehi hadar ve'o mekadesh bat Israel Israel mumar karina be v'kidushav kidushin. That even if he uh, changes his mind after the conversion, he says, Nah, I don't want to be Jewish anymore, and he goes and practices non-Jewish ways and dilates everything. And if he should go and give a ring to a Jewish woman as Kiddushin, then that is a valid Kiddushin. So he's called a, he's called a apostate Jew. And so although it's not good that he's an apostate, nevertheless, he is still, still called a Jew, just as if a someone was born Jewish, even if they uh, violate the mitzvot, are still considered Jewish. There's no way to renounce 
this citizenship and uh, therefore that uh, marriage is a valid marriage and she, she would require a get in order to leave the marriage. Uh, so this is the major source for uh, the laws of conversion. Uh, these, of course, are minimums. A betin does not have to uh, limit themselves to only these minimums. They can, always, of course, add more to the educational process and adjust as needed for the, for the time and place and the situation. Uh, but it does have to at least meet these requirements in order for uh, a conversion to be valid. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen v'amen.